Hello, singles! Welcome to Big Friday's podcast. I'm your host, Denise, and we are on the third week of our series, Back On Site. For this session, we will explore about witnessing in our workplaces or wherever we may be. Listen to Brother Paul Tanchi as he shares with us how we can better represent Christ wherever God has planted us. I want to welcome all of you here. You're here live, and it's so good to be here. I know there's a huge group watching online, and we want to invite all of you to come join us here. Is it safe, guys? Do you feel safe? Yes? (laughs) I feel safe. And um, again, I want to welcome everybody, and if you're watching online, welcome. Come join us when you can. Today, I have the privilege to share with you something very close to my heart. I don't know about you, but uh, does work get tiring? Napapagod ba kayo? If, if it is, can you raise your hand? Okay, I have, um, I have a word for you. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Kung ano man tinanim natin, yun din yung ano? Anihin. Whatever you sow today, you will, you will reap. And that became very true in our family. My wife is over, here, over there. Wave Jenny. She's going to join us here in a little bit. But about seven years ago, we renovated our backyard. And I love the coconut tree because I love coconuts. It's one of the best things for me. Like when we fast, that's all I drink, the, the coconut, coconut juice. So I wanted a coconut tree in our, in our yard so that I could harvest the fruit. So the gardener said, sir, meron special coconut tree na dwarf. Hindi siya lumalaki, pero nagbubunga siya. It bears fruit. I'm like, yun, sige, I want that one. So it was a little expensive. Um, and my, my wife was like, why, why did you buy that tree? It's so ugly. It's, and, you know, for the next seven years, every year we look at that tree, I'm like, do you think it's going to bear fruit? She's like, no, it's not going to bear fruit. Why did you plant that coconut tree in our backyard? And you know what? I said, it's going to bear fruit. Well, pandemic came, no fruit. Another year of the pandemic, no fruit. But last March, let me show you something. Oh, what happened to my screen? Is this my screen? Last March, can you guys see the coconut? There is no fruit, right? But if they can fix the PowerPoint here, let me try to, should I unplug it? Oh, there you go. Last March, I must have been seven, I saw something growing on the tree. It was a, it was a yellow kernel, and then the kernel grew bigger, and I finally took a picture, and I brought all my kids down to the, to, the, to, to the backyard. I said, look, guys, there is a little coconut on the tree. Seven years later, in that same verse, the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. Because in due time, you will reap the harvest. I haven't rep, uh, reaped the harvest yet. It's just one small coconut. But the point is this. Let me read, let me read to you the verses. Can we... Um, can I, should I unplug this, guys, and plug it back in to test it? Let me unplug it, and then I'll plug it back in. Hopefully it will work, because it's not following. There. Is that good? Let me do slide screen, slideshow. There, can you see that? 
Let's read it together. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. This he will also reap. In work, I know it gets tiring. But I want to remind you, stick with it. Keep doing your part. The next verse is very important. It says, the man who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap what? Corruption. You see that? But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap what? Eternal life. And then this verse which I love. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not what? Grow weary. This is a life principle. It's true for sports. It's true for work. Um, it's true in your walk with the Lord. The important thing is what kind of seeds are you planting? Right? What kind of seeds are you planting? And you may become super successful in work. And yet, be like Solomon. What did Solomon say? Solomon said, I'll read it for you if it's not on the screen. What do people, people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity. You guys see it? It's a different side. He has planted eternity in the human heart. I want you to remember that, that you may continue to stick it out with work, continue to do your part in work, and you may become very successful in work, but if that's all that your life is about, you will still feel empty. And I'm mid-40s, um, my wife's also in the same age range, and I can tell you, the more that I'm around this world, the more I see that that's so true that God has really placed eternity in our hearts. So what I want to share with you today is this. How many of you are sure of where you're going to spend eternity? Can you raise your hands? Praise God, majority of you. And if you guys watching online, how many of you are sure of where you're going to spend eternity? And if you're not sure, then I want you to stick around because part of this message is to help you be sure of where you're going to spend eternity. But what I want to share with all of you who are sure of where you're going to spend eternity is this. What is one thing that you cannot do better in heaven when you're there? Because you're sure you're, sure you're going to go to heaven. That's why you raise your hand. What is one thing you can't do better in heaven? You're going to be worshiping God in heaven, right? You'll be able to worship him like you've never worshiped him before. Imagine how amazing it is for you when you are worshiping God. You feel his presence. Imagine being right before him. That's going to be awesome. You're going to work in heaven because God made us for work. I think Pastor Ikoi talked about that. So we're going to do amazing work in heaven. There's no longer a curse. So what is one thing that you can't do in heaven better? In heaven, will you have the opportunity to talk to people about Jesus Christ? Will you have the opportunity to share the gospel with people who are not believers? No. Because everyone in heaven already has a relationship with Christ. Everyone in heaven already has believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And for me, if that is the only thing I can't do better in heaven, then I don't know about you, but every second, every second, you know how many people die? Guess. Two. Two people die every second. So just right now, two people just died. Two people just died. By the end of the day, 150,000 people would have died. And I don't know about you, but if I know 
that there is a way for a person to make sure that they're going to be in heaven. And I don't tell them. I, I, I have a hard time living with that, with that reality. That if I had somebody at work, if I really cared for somebody, why wouldn't I take the time to invest in helping them come to know Christ? And maybe it's not going to be like sitting them down and sharing the gospel immediately because we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How can you and I really be a witness at work? Is that exciting for you? It's exciting for me. So I want to commit the time to the Lord, and then we'll get right into it. Lord, I thank you for your promise that we should not grow weary in doing good. I know sometimes, Lord, um, we've really done our best at work to, to be a witness, even to our friends. But sometimes we feel nothing's happening. There's no change even in our family. And Lord, I just pray for those people who are discouraged tonight, that you would remind them that this is a universal principle, that when we sow seeds that um, are centered on, you, centered on you, Lord, we reap an eternal harvest. So I pray for everyone here, Lord, that you would help us to, have, to, to be motivated and to be excited for what we're going to learn today. And Lord, thank you for reminding us that um, people are dying every second. And we've seen that even more in this pandemic. But thank you, Lord, for giving us a message, a message of hope, a message that can help people, not just in this life, but more so in life eternal. And so please, Lord, help us to care. Help us to have this burden. And help us, Lord, to be witnesses in the workplace. So we commit to you this time. Protect us from distraction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what is the message today? It's called Witnessing in Our Workplace. And I want you to remind, to if you forget everything, Remember this, that God has called you, God has called me to be a witness. And we're going to look at how. First verse I want us to look at, Acts 1.8. Can you read it? Read it with me. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness. Where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. These are Jesus' last words. He said, look, I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit when you are a witness. What is a witness? A witness is somebody that has seen something and tells somebody else about it. So when God says that we are to witness at work, what are you supposed to do? Well, you are to tell people about this amazing truth of who Jesus Christ is. And how do you do that? We're going to look at God's word. But the first thing I want you to remember it's the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. When you and I are used by God to help somebody come to know Christ, it's supernatural. Even the person that God wants you to speak to, it's supernatural. God prepares the person. So what I try to do and what I want to encourage you to do is every day ask the Lord, Lord, who is it that you want me to speak to today? And you'll be amazed at how God orchestrates things. We were able to go back. To, I was able to go to the States last Christmas to be with my wife and her family. Um, our trip was a little bit delayed going there because of COVID. My two kids got COVID. And then my trip was delayed coming back because Jenny and I both got COVID. So if you can imagine, we're at the airport. 
we were waiting for our PCR test to come in, and the PCR test never came in. So we had all our, ba- all our bags. This is coming back from Seattle to Manila. And then, a long story short, it was so chaotic, um, but we couldn't fly because our PCR test never came, and my, t- my test finally came, and I was positive. And so my, my son, he just started to cry, my eight-year-old. He was so excited to come back. But the first thing we did after, the air, after, after that incident at the airport, and we had all our stuff and we couldn't fly home, is we thanked the Lord. We said, Lord, you're sovereign. You must have a plan. Help us to fulfill your purpose. Can I say that week that we had to extend, it was actually 10 days, was the most productive 10 days of our entire trip. Jenny and I had opportunity to witness to our neighbor. We had, to, we had opportunity to witness to a cousin. But here's the kicker. On the way back from Seattle, it was a miracle that we got our flight. That's a whole other story. But we almost couldn't get on the airplane because it was so full. And I was so stressed because I needed to get back. And they were telling me, the airline was telling me, the earliest you could come back is in April. That was in January. But a miracle of miracles, we got a flight in January. We were, we, we were able to board the airplane, but all our seats were all messed up. I was sitting somewhere else. My wife was sitting somewhere else. At least our kids were together. But I was like, what's wrong with this airline? They almost didn't let us on because we had all these hand carry baggages, and they said there's no space in the airplane. They were going to rebook our flight. I said, sorry, you can't do that. You don't understand how difficult it's been for us to even book this flight. We have to get on the flight. But I kid you not, the moment I sat down, I was sitting beside a 21-year-old, and I knew that God wanted me to speak to him. So I'll share with you that story in a little bit, but I want to welcome my wife, because maybe some of the things that prevent you from sharing or from being a witness is sometimes you feel maybe afraid, right, to witness. What are some of the things that can happen when you witness? One, the person believes in Jesus, right? Two, they, they don't believe in Jesus, but you planted a seed. Or three, they completely reject you, right? And that's the hardest one, when you, when you, when you get rejected. So sometimes we, we feel like, maybe I shouldn't share because they might reject me. They might, they might uh, unfriend me, or they might, they might not like me. So I know it's not easy. And my wife wants to share with you what God has uh, been doing in her heart and what happened on that flight. So let's welcome Jenny. Good evening. So nice to be with you guys and to be live. This is so exciting. Would you agree that sharing the gospel can really be intimidating? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I totally agree. It's intimidating. But you know, it's really something that God has called us to do. And, you know, I've just been blessed to have an amazing husband. And, you know, he loves sharing the gospel. And so I've been able to really watch him and see how he really initiates with people. And, you know, he does it so naturally, and um, he asks questions. And so as I've had opportunity to sit and just observe, I've seen how he's do- he has done it. And one of the things he really starts with is just by asking questions and getting to know people. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can ask questions. But honestly, you know, my personality, I'm not a super extrovert. I'm more introverted. And so sometimes it's just difficult, you know, striking up a conversation with someone, getting to know them. But like Paul was saying, we were on this flight, and our seats were all messed up. And, you know, one of the things Paul always tells me is like, yes, you know, airplanes are great places to share the gospel. 
because you're stuck by that person. They can't move, and you have however long your flight is to be able to talk with them. So for me, that just freaks me out. <laughs> Sometimes I just pray, Lord, I hope they just sleep so I don't have to talk to them. But really, that's not, <laughs> that's not a good thing to do. But, you know, as God has been changing my heart to really see people as God sees them, to love them, you know, I've realized the importance of prayer. And so I've really prayed about it. Lord, you know, help me to love people. Help me to see that they need you. And, you know, the miracle is I think that's where you have to start in really loving people in your workplace, you know, people that you just meet on the street randomly. It's having that heart and that love for people, but it starts in your bedroom. It starts by praying and saying, Lord, like Paul was saying, give me an opportunity. Bring people into my life that are really hungry for you. And so I prayed. I'm like, Lord, okay, I know I'm going on this flight. I know our our seats are all messed up, but Lord, if you want me to speak to someone you make a way. And so, of course, we're the last ones on the flight. We were all rushing in. Um, I wasn't able to bring in on my hand carry. So it was just, I just felt frazzled. And so when I got in, I had the aisle seat and next to me, um, there was a lady at the window. And so I got in and she looked at me and she's like, wow, you just made made your flight. I said, yeah, it was crazy. And so naturally we just started talking and she was actually really friendly. And then little by little, you know, I found out where she was going. She was with her family. She was always also separated in the seating from her family. Her husband was with her and her daughter, but they were in another part of the plane. And as we started talking, I remembered that, you know, it's important to let people know that you're genuinely interested in them. So she was a little bit older than me, maybe mid, mid-50s. And so she had grown kids that had already graduated. And as you saw, my kids are a little bit younger. So I just started asking questions like, you know, how have you raised your kids? You know, what has worked for you? You know, how is your marriage? Any advice for me? And that's how we started. And I just kept asking questions and asking questions. And then after a while, maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes into the flight, she finally looks at me and she's like, well, what about your marriage? You know, how have you made your marriage work? Because she knew we had been, I told her we had been married for 19 years. And I said, yeah, I'd love to share with you. And I said, you know, honestly, and, and this is a key, you know, when you're able to share the gospel, you know, share your story, share your life. You know, if Jesus is really in your life, it's going to come out in what you say and how you share. So as I began to share, I said, you know, the only reason Paul and my marriage works is because Jesus is at the center of our relationship. And I said, even before we got married, we had both made a commitment individually to really love Jesus with all that we, we are. So I continued to share. And she's like, really? And so she started asking me questions, and I started sharing my own journey, you know, the things that God had brought me through to really come to faith in him. And then we were about ready to land, and she looks at me, and she's like, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, sure, anything. She's like, you know, you know you're talking about faith and everything, but, you know, how, how do you really have this faith? You know, because she started saying, she's like, you know, I grew up in a home where my parents believed in Judaism, but it wasn't something that we were, we were really taught. It was, just, it was just kind of a religion. But she's like, I didn't really learn much about Judaism or the Bible. And she's like, so I'm really curious. You know, you keep talking about the Lord. You talk about, you know, how it's helped your marriage, your parenting. 
but I, I would like to know more. I was like, wow, this is a first. <laughs> this is great. So I was able to start sharing with her, you know, about God's love and, and all those things. And then um, as we were about ready to, to land, you know, Paul had slipped me. He was in an aisle, a couple aisles in front of me, but I think he heard me talking to this lady. And so he had my daughter bring a, a track. And so I said, hey, you know, can I give you this pamphlet? You know, if you have any more questions, if you want to know who Jesus is and how God has really changed my life, this will help. And she, I wasn't even able to hand it to her. She's like, no, 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 I don't want that. She's like, if I take that, my husband will kill me. He's a doctor. He's a scientist. He doesn't believe in God at all. I'm like, okay. I said, that's fine. But I said, hey, you know, can we exchange numbers? You know, if you ever have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. And plus, she was actually giving me some advice on how she had parented her girls. And I said, I'd love to learn more. So can you please also, you know, send me messages about that? And so we exchanged numbers. And, you know, we've, we've texted back and forth. But, you know, she didn't accept Jesus at that moment. But I'm praying that the seeds were at least planted in her heart. And so I want to encourage you that, you know, sometimes when we share, people aren't yet ready and I think, you know, sometimes it can be discouraging, right? Like, oh, I tried, but it didn't work. And so we don't want to do it again. But that's not where we should stop. And I guess, you know, to be honest with you, I don't always take every opportunity that I should to share the gospel. And I'm ashamed of that. But I'm praying that God will continue to work in my life to really, like I said, have that love more than loving myself or being comfortable, but loving people and seeing that, like Paul was saying, they, they're dying every second, right? But that I would have such compassion and a heart to love people that I want to reach out to them. Uh, can you read that with me? Um, and this is for you too, Jenny. Dr. Bill Bright said, success in witnessing is what? Taking the initiative to share Christ clearly in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. And I, I can't agree more with, with that statement. And Jenny just gave you an example of what that looks like. Did the person come to faith in Christ? Not yet. But was the seed planted? You bet. So I was on the same flight sitting beside this guy. His name was Jacob. And we were flying from Seattle to, to L.A., because that was the only way we could fly, find a flight back to Manila. Because the flight from Seattle to Narita, uh, yeah, Seattle to Narita to Manila, April. April was the earliest flight I could go back, and that was January, and I needed to get back. So it was a 6 a.m. flight, super early. If it's 6 a.m., we woke up at 3.30 in the morning. So you can imagine how sleepy the people are on the airplane. So I was sensitive to my seatmate, Jacob, but I... You know, asked him what he did. He was in construction. I understand construction, so we talked about construction. And then one conversation led to another, and we started talking about Christ. And he had not heard of Christ. I'm like, you know your name's in the Bible, Jacob? He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you know what it means? He's like, no. I'm like, deceiver. <laughs> but I, 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 I took the, the Bible. I had a Bible with me, and I started explaining to him the message of the Bible, as simple as God created us in his image, we fell into sin, and I took him through Isaiah, um, showing that Isaiah actually prophesizes about Jesus 700 years before Jesus was, was alive. Isaiah talked about Jesus. I felt like um, 
Philip talking to the Ethiopian eunuch because this guy never heard, right? And we got to a place, I'm like, would you be willing to pray, Jesus, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me? Because I didn't feel he was ready. He said, yeah, I'm willing to do that. And I kept asking him, by the way, are you bored? Is this boring you? Because this is probably an hour into our conversation. And I'm, I'm just so excited, right, talking about all this stuff. He's like, no, 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 this is good, this is good. I'm like, all right, so let's pray. So we started praying. And as I was praying with him, and this is what I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit gives you power. And I was praying with him, and because we were so frazzled from our flight, because basically they said, you can't, you can't bring in your hand carry bags, you have to check them all in. And so I had to take stuff out of the hand carry bag. But as I was praying, I remembered I had taken a bunch of gospel tracks out of that bag. And I remember I had gospel tracks in the bag that I had. And as I was praying with him, I said, Jesus, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me. I was leading him in praying that. It's like Jesus spoke to me. He's like, what are you praying? You're right here beside him. Why don't you tell him more who I am? You have the tracks. I'm like, all right, yeah. So after we, we, we prayed, I'm like, you know, as we were praying, I really feel led to explain to you more. I have, some, I have this booklet in my bag. Can I, can I show you? So I took him to the whole gospel track, came to the, it was, it was a two-hour flight. We're almost done the flight. He was ready to receive Christ. He prayed to receive Christ with me. And as I was praying with him, God spoke to me again, give him your Bible. And that was super hard for me because I love my Bible. It's a zipper Bible, and I was looking for one in the States, and it was, I bought it for $20, $20 before. But they haven't been making them anymore. So the cheapest one I could find was $300. So I'm like, that's a lot of money for a Bible. But, and I had all my notes on it. And it was, it was that same week that my kids were like, Dad, why do you write on your Bible? It's so messy. And Jenny's so clean. She says the same thing. It's so messy. I'm like, I love it. I love, I love having a colored Bible and having my notes. It, re- it reminds me of things that I went through because I put the date also. And I'm like, when I'm done with this Bible, I'll use another Bible. And she said, well, maybe it's good if you read a Bible from blank again, because then you don't go back to the same verse. You notice sometimes when you highlight your Bible, you go back to the same highlight. You're like, what did I learn today? Ah, I I learned the same thing. (laughs) So all of those thoughts were in my mind, but really it was like, give it to him. I was like, Lord, I can give him money. I don't want to give my Bible. But you know, after we, we, um, we prayed, um, I said, you know, God wants me to give you something. Here's my Bible. He's like, oh, no, I can't take that. I'm like, no, 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 it's for you. God told me to give it to you. I should give it to you. Please. Um, you know, I got his number, and I, I sent him messages, email. I never heard anything back from him. But that's not my, my department, right? My department is to share the gospel clearly, share Christ clearly, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and leave the results to God. He prayed to receive Christ with me, but I don't know what that, that really means in his life. So what I'm telling you is, when it comes to witnessing at work, begin with understanding that it's the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. I'll, I told him, you know, Jacob, I'm not even supposed to be on this flight. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be in Manila. But I got COVID, and I got extended. And even if I was on this flight, I should have been with my wife. And God has a really special purpose for you, I was telling him. And, you know, I saw my wife sharing, so I told my daughter, 
I gave the tractor. I'm like, give this to mom. Um, so rely on the Holy Spirit. Pray. You've heard this before. So pray. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you strength. And it's also good to, to ask, for, ask people how you can pray for them, right? Um, secondly, I want you to understand this. It's connected to the first. Can you read it with me? I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Can you read that again? Who was causing the growth? God. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God causing the growth. When you and I share Christ, that's what God commanded us to do, we can never take any credit for it because it is God who is causing the growth. I played golf recently on Wednesday. There were about four, uh, seven flights of four people. So the golf ministry is something that uh, Johan, he's one of my disciples, and we love sports, so he said he wants to take care of the golf ministry. So we organized a golf game in Valley Golf. Now, I grew up in Valley Golf, but I haven't been there in a long time. So, well, I've been, I've been playing a little bit more recently, but I haven't had, you know, the same caddies. But the caddy that got my bag remembered me. His name is Remy. And we started talking. It's like, you know, I used to, used to, dati sabi niya, Yung, yung panganay mo nasa stroller pa lang. I'm like, oh, has it been that long? I'm like, he's like, yeah. He said, sir, you gave me a Bible. I'm like, I did. I don't even remember. And I said, so if I gave him a Bible, that means I shared with him, right? Because I, I, I'm sure I would have shared with him if I gave him a Bible. I'm like, do you remember what we talked about? He's like, yes. I'm like, how is your relationship with God now? He's like, sir, I've become a Christian. And my family's become a Christian. I'm like, How? He's like, this, um, you know CCT, Center for Community Transformation? They're, they are, um, they do good works, but they, they have pastors. He said, may isang pastor, tinutukan niya ako, that this pastor kept investing in his life. And he said, I remember what you shared with me, but it was the pastor that really led him and his family to Christ. I planted, Apollos watered, who caused the growth? Christ did. And this was like 16 years ago. I was, I was like, I don't care how I play today. It doesn't matter how I played. This has just made my day. You know, in heaven, it's going to be even more awesome than that. If you and I get used, get into the habit of sharing the gospel, you don't know how many people you'll impact, even the seeds that you planted. Because every second, two people die. This world is going down in flames. And we have this message. God just calls us to be a witness. And you have the, the workforce, very strategic. You know, one of the hardest things to do, um, especially in the pandemic, is to make friends. You notice that? Like when you're in school, it's easy to make friends because you're in school and you have classmates. But once you're out of school and you don't have work and you're by yourself, very hard to make an online friend. But when you have a commonality and you're working, then there's a relationship that begins there. And, and it's just organic. But I want you to learn how to share the gospel with strangers also. So my wife said that I, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm going to share with you what you can do and how you can rely on the Holy Spirit. But it's really simple, actually. We'll get there. So 2 Corinthians 5.20 one of my favorite verses. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is probably one of the, my favorite chapters in the Bible. It talks about having an eternal perspective. 
And like we all know, life is just temporal here. And so the conclusion of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, after everything that Christ has done, he says, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though we are making an appeal through us, as though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I think one of the best ways for you to share the gospel is in this manner. It's an appeal, right? It's, it's not like you're preaching fire, hell, and brimstone to the person. It's because you love them so much. Like if you look at the wordings here, it's like, look, I'm an ambassador, and through God, I'm making an appeal. You know, a message given in love is very hard to reject. They may reject you because they don't believe in God, and that's fine. But when you do something out of love, and you share what Jenny said, your story, and you share it with conviction, because it is the greatest thing that's happened to you, it's very powerful. This is the heart of the gospel. It says here, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's why I'm excited to share Christ. Because I understand that apart from Christ, I am a sinner. And Christ is the one that has changed my life. He changed your life. And this is the heart of the gospel. Reminding people that Jesus took your place. It should have been me on the cross. God has called us to be what? A witness. What's the message today? Witness at work, at your workplace, wherever you are. Be a witness. Now, I preached on this a couple Sundays ago, but I didn't get to preach on chapter 6. Chapter 6 is right after this. And you have to see what it says. It's so powerful. So God has called us to be ambassadors, right? The heart of the message is Jesus has taken our place. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. But look at what chapter 6 says. It says, and working together with who? Him. Who's him? It's Jesus. Again, it's supernatural when you are a witness for Christ. He gives you the words to say. I, get, I tell you, I am not a very um, eloquent person. But by the grace of God, because I believe that when I talk about Jesus, he gives me the power to speak. God has enabled me to explain himself to other people. And he will do the same for you. You don't have to feel like, I understand the words, but do you need to study? Of course you do. You need, to, you need to know God. But he says, we do it together with him, and we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. How do you receive the grace of God in vain? I think if you keep the grace of God to yourself, you receive it in vain. I think if you, if you don't share Christ, that's receiving in vain. Because Jesus says, I came to give you life, abundant life. I came to seek and save the lost. And he told us, the Great Commission, he tells us to be a witness. It's not something that we are to keep to ourselves. We also receive it in vain when we treat our relationship with Christ like a passport to heaven. When it's, when it's just... Um, you know, I believe in Jesus because I know he saved me. I'm going to go to heaven. And I can live my life whatever way I want. That's receiving it in vain. Or receive it in vain when we, when we add to it. 
when we say, I need Christ plus this. Look at what he says. He says, now at the acceptable time, I listen to you. And he's quoting. He's quoting the Old Testament here. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. This is God speaking. Behold, now is the acceptable time, and now is the day of salvation. So for those of you who don't have Christ, I'm going to go back to this verse. I'm going to end with this verse. Because I believe now is the day for you to give your life to Christ. How do we, how do we, how do we receive in, in, in vain? Look at verse 3. Giving no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. Part of being a witness for Jesus is living your life in a way that you don't discredit the name of Jesus. I remember because I was with a mayor recently. And while waiting in her office, um, I was talking to her chief of staff. It must have been two years ago I was able to share the gospel of this mayor. And um, again, I, you know, when they pray to receive Christ, only God really knows that they believe in Jesus, right? But I, I did my part. I, I, had my, I had my gospel mask with me, so I always use that. I always use this mask. So I have it with me, and I, you know, all the colors. I explained that before. But turns out her chief of staff is a Christian. And so I was chatting with her. I'm like, how's the mayor doing? You know, how's her walk with the Lord? And every time I see her, she, I remind her, have you been reading your Bible? She's like, ah, you know, it's there. Sometimes, not all the time. But there was another guy who came in. He's like, I remember you. Because before she was the mayor, her father was the mayor. And the father would always shout at me. He was mad at, he was mad at a company. And, you know, he would even, I mean, my dad never met him. Uh, because when I started working for our company, my dad wasn't there anymore. But he, he would always say this stuff about our company, how bad of a company we were. And the guy said, I would watch you. And I said, how can this guy just take that from the mayor? I said, you know what? It's the grace of God. I, I remember him shouting at me. I dreaded going to the meetings because he'd always shout at me. But when you and I respond in a way that is honoring to God, we don't take the name of God in vain. We, we don't receive Christ in vain because it makes an impact in their life. He said, I remember you. I'm like, well, that's the grace of God. And... Fast forward, you know, now, you know, th that mayor has Christians around her. So I continue to pray for her, that, that God would continue to work in her life. You know, as, as, I, um, as I wrap up, you know, I share with you why it's important to witness, right? Because that is the only thing you can do better here on earth. We live for eternity. You have a relationship with Christ. You're going to be there. Don't waste the opportunity to, to be used by God to help your co-workers come to know Christ. How can you do this? Since it's supernatural, you got to pray, right? Pray. You pray, for, you pray to the Holy Spirit. You pray for the person. Ask them what you can pray for. You care for them, right? You show love to them. How do you show love to them? In your own way. In your own way that, God's, that God has, has, has made you. And... One of the best ways you can show care to, to somebody is to be generous. Go out of your way and, and do something that means something to them. Give them something. Help them. And then lastly, 
you share with them. So to the word share there means not just, not just saying things, but really asking questions. You know, that's the alarm saying time's up. <laughs> so uh, there is a, a bunch of material. I don't know if you know this, but CCF has so much material on sharing the gospel. Do you know why Stephen Curry can make, made 105 three-point shots in a row when he was practicing? Did you guys see that video? For the guys that watch basketball, he was at the corner, and he just shot 105 threes in a row. You know why he's such a good shooter? Why? Because he practices. You want to be used by God in being a witness? You've got to practice. Just keep doing it. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will lead you to ask questions. I was with a, I was with a Iglesia Ni Cristo. Um, and one of the challenges with the uh, Iglesia Ni Cristo is they don't believe in Jesus as, as God. So we had a long conversation, but ultimately I said, I could sense that she really loved the Lord. And she really prays to God and the Holy Spirit. I said, have you ever asked the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if Jesus really is the Son of God? She said, Alamu, I've never done that. I'm like, why don't you do that? So there's many ways to talk to people. And the more that you and I practice, and this material is super helpful, you guys can, can study on your own, you can use it, God will use you in a mighty way. I know some of you have businesses. I have a business friend, and he carves out time to meet with his employees one-on-one, his managers, his key people. That's how he witnesses to them. I have another one who organizes the, all the men, and they do a Bible study in the office. So whatever it is that God, is, God, God gives you, ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you. Begin with prayer, show genuine care, and then you share. And that's how you can be effective witness in, in the workplace. Last story. I said, don't grow weary in doing good, right? I know you have family members, you have loved ones that you've been sh- trying to share with and maybe you've shared with many times, but they're just not believing in Jesus. Don't grow weary in doing good. I believe that God will use you to still reach those people. This is a picture of my teammates. So I played basketball for Ateneo 1996. Who won today, guys? Did LaSalle beat UP? Or did UP win? This is do or die. I don't know. Guess you guys don't care about basketball anymore. <laughs> but at one point in my life, I used to play basketball. And these guys, I love these guys. These are my teammates. It's a picture of, 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 of who we were before. But they were not ready for the gospel back in 1996, even up to 2000. So I kept sharing with them, but they actually were not ready. Fast forward, the pandemic hit, and remember, sharing Christ begins because you really care for a person, right? You really love them. So I reached out to them in love, and we started having a Zoom, Zoom session, and maybe some of, the, some of these guys you may know, you know, uh, L.A. Tenorio was a freshman when I was graduating from college, and they just won the uh, PBA championship. But there was a handful of them that became believers in Jesus during the pandemic. And I, I used real talk. It's one of the material that CCF has. 
shared the gospel with them clearly in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've continued that Bible study every Saturday night since the pandemic. Now, sometimes there's two people, sometimes there's one person, sometimes there's eight people. But that's God's department, right? We just be faithful. When my wife were in the States, we wanted to be with family. But there was an opportunity to see two of them in California. Five-hour drive. Did we take the trip? Of course we did. Because to care for somebody is to spend time with them. And my prayer was like, Lord, I really desire for their wives to come to know you. So it was an opportunity to spend time with them, away from our family. So it took time from our family, although I brought my kids. It was away from my brother, my sister, and their kids. But it's because to spend time with them. You know, from that time we had with them, we had a... I, I gave a very small worship service at the end of the time. It was Sunday. I showed them this video called... Um, uh, vertical marriage. I said, do you guys want to join? Are you interested? You know, we've had two, two sessions of vertical marriage, and now you see the wives with them. The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. In due time, you'll reap the harvest. Are they Christians yet? Maybe not completely. Are they on a journey? Yes. Who causes the growth? Christ does. Last verse. Don't grow weary in doing good. In due time, you will reap the harvest. Last, last verse. Now is the time. You see this? At the acceptable time, I listened to you, God says. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. That's God speaking. And what does Paul say? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you don't have Christ in your life, the gospel message is Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. He took your place. And if you believe in him, Jesus promises to forgive you of your sin and to give you eternal life. That's what it means to become a Christian, is you place your faith in Christ. And if you're at home watching behind your screen and you've never done that, this is the greatest decision you can ever make. And so I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for all of you that God would use you as witnesses in the workplace. It is the Holy Spirit. So begin with power through prayer. Prayer. And you do your part, right? You care for people, and then you practice. That's how you become good at sharing. It's, it's, there's no science behind it. You just do your part, and the Holy Spirit guides you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I thank you for this amazing group. Thank you that they've been so attentive, even though I've gone over time. And I pray that you use, you use this message to um, inspire them to be men and women that will be your witness in the marketplace. Thank you for this, this thing called work that you've blessed us with. And I know, Lord, it gets tiring. It may even get boring. But, Lord, when we see our work in light of the mission that you've given us to be your ambassador, to be your witness, it is the most amazing place to be because you give us natural relationships, opportunities to connect with people, to meet strangers, and have the opportunity to engage them and talk to them. And Lord, maybe there's somebody in this room here tonight that, you know what, the gospel has never been very clear to them, but they're hearing that they can have eternal life in Jesus and they want that. So I want to pray for them, even those at home behind their, their computer or behind their cell phones. And if you're that person, I want you to pray with me something like this. Lord Jesus, 
I admit that I have sinned against you. I admit that I can't save myself. But I thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. And I repent of my sin tonight. I open the door of my heart. And I invite you in, Jesus, into my life to be my Lord, to be my master, and to be my savior. Thank you for your promise of forgiving, of all, forgiving me of all my sins. And thank you for your, your promise of eternal life. Please make me into the kind of person you want me to be. Help me now to be your witness. Lord, I have experienced this forgiveness of sin, this amazing promise of new life. Please make me into the kind of person you want me to be. And Lord, for the rest of us, help us to care, Lord. Help us to not to be able to just live life as is, you know, status quo, when every second two people are dying. Help us, Lord, to have your heart, to have compassion for the loss. And Lord, we call on you, Holy Spirit, to enable us to pray for people, to care for people. And Lord, teach us how to share. Lord, there's so many tools available to us. Help us to engage our minds in this and to practice and to become your your messengers of of truth in this world in jesus name we pray amen god bless you guys truly it can be challenging to share the gospel but we are reminded that god has already empowered us and we just need to do our part which is to share christ clearly by the power of the holy spirit and leaving the results to god If we want to become a witness wherever we go, we need to allow God to work through us no matter how difficult and challenging it may be. Are you ready to be brave and bold witnesses for God? Here are some discussion questions to help you process better. 1. What impacted you from the message tonight? 2. What is preventing you from being a witness of Jesus? 3. Think of one person you think you can practice pray, care, and share to, and start praying and thinking of ways on how you can care for the person. Thank you for tuning in, singles. Hope this message has been a blessing. See you again next week for the final session, Winning Over Work-Life Imbalance. Take care and God bless!